Hey everyone, back again. It's been a while since I've done one of these camera videos. So here, I just want to explain how Deleuze and Guattari disagree with Karl Marx. Before jumping into it, hi, I'm David. I explain philosophical concepts and ideas and ways to make them accessible to you. So if you're new here, like, share, subscribe. You'll see videos I release every single week or like this week, twice a week. Isn't that cool? If you want to follow me anywhere other than here, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, links for all such things in the description. If you want to help me out, like, share, subscribe. Like I said, you can help me out monetarily via Patreon or PayPal, but no pressure to do any of that. And uh, you can find this as a podcast if you want on pretty much any platform where you can leave reviews. That would help me out a lot. It should be all under the same names. And yeah, on that note, let me describe how Deleuze and Guattari differ on some basic points from Karl Marx. Now we know that Deleuze and Guattari were very much indebted to Karl Marx's work. And we know this because they draw heavily from Marxist doctrine, specifically historical materialism, in order to understand the various movements within or of society, to understand the different socioeconomic dynamics that actually create the conditions for the world and worlds that people find themselves in. So acknowledging this, Deleuze and Guattari are very clear that they are indebted to Marx's work, in fact. I believe Deleuze's last work before he died that he wasn't able to finish was specifically on Marx and really the brilliance of Marx and Marx's brilliance. And Marx's influence on them extends much beyond this. I don't want to get in too far into the weeds with it. I've done so many episodes on Anti-Oedipus and A Thousand Plateaus, you can really get a lot more of his influence on them there. But they do disagree quite fundamentally about capitalism's process and capitalism's trajectory. So what we know from Marx, and what I'm going to do is present Marx's side, then Deleuze and Guattari's side, and then I want you to tell me whose side you're on, and tell me why. I'd really love, love to know. Now, what we know from Marx is that capitalism presents a necessary stepping stone for the eventual emergence of communism, which might seem like, you might be like, wait, I thought Marx and Marxists didn't like capitalism. Well, actually, we know from Marx, and we know really as well from Engels, that capitalism is very much necessary for a number of different reasons to arrive at communism. Some of these reasons include a proliferation of wealth among large swaths of people in order to distribute, to eventually be distributed, an increase in technical knowledge, an increase in technical ability, an increase in literacy, knowledge of physics, science more generally, and with all of this will come the ability for people to emancipate themselves from the superstitions that they might have held from the past, ideas that they have come to believe about the economy, about their place within the economy, how value is created. They would come to understand all of this, and this will set the conditions for them to live a life liberated from their subordination to this economic system and to being uh, embedded within these various structures that continually oppress them. So capitalism provides these opportunities for Marx, and these criteria must be satisfied before communism can really emerge. Because otherwise, if it is forced to happen too quickly, what will happen is that it will devolve into a reactionary politics, a, a, a fascistic one, a despotic one, where the people are not equipped to actually embrace this liberation on their own, but need to be told what to do. 
And so you see the emergence of a strong police force in certain communist countries, quasi-communist countries, in order to control their populations because they weren't ready for it. At least this is one possible reading. So capitalism will put an end to the superstitious ideas of the past. These include religion, this includes patriarchy for Marx, this includes the idea of the family will crumble, we will see the emergence of so much new after capitalism and through the work of capitalism to undo all these things. And on, it, on the surface, it kind of seems like that. I mean, capitalism in its emphasis on endless capitalistic expansion has really challenged what we know about states, what we know about religion and identity and community in that it has doesn't seem to have any borders or to recognize any kind of differences. It might propel humanity into a singular global type setting, a globalized economy, a globalized culture, way, way down the line, but it might be one of the eventual outcomes of this system, which is neither here nor there, like it's not, I know we should say if it's good or bad, but it might be one of the outcomes of this system. Now, Deleuze and Guattari are not quite so convinced in Marx's faith of the capitalist system to bring about its own demise into communism. And one of the reasons for that, as they write in Anti-Oedipus, is that capitalism does not just usher in the new and do away with the old. Capitalism actually, in their words, re-territorializes with one hand what it de-territorializes with the other. And what they mean by that is that while capitalism is constantly expanding, looking for new markets to exploit and explore, doing away with identities in favor of just exploitative extraction of human labor power, at the same time, it proffers up various older institutions like the family, like the state, like religion, like psychoanalysis, in order to keep the system afloat. And Deleuze and Guattari believe that this is because capitalism is smart and that it recognizes that if it fully embraced its emancipatory potential, if I'm using the term emancipatory, I don't think that'll emerge in their text, but if it fully embraced its potential in the possibilities that it affords, like opening up lines of flight and discovery and newness, it will actually crumble under the weight of human creativity and human spirit that would flourish within it. So it has to rely upon various structures and institutions that will keep it at bay, that will keep the people at bay, I should say, and keep them from fully embracing any possibility that might come out of it. So it is quite clever in that way. And the Marxists before Deleuze and Guattari knew this, Antonio Gramsci knew this, uh, Louis Althusser knew this. They acknowledge that capitalism relies upon various institutions to train people for lives of toil and exploitation under capitalism. They knew this. And Deleuze and Guattari are very much picking up on the same trend. So they believe that instead of focusing on broad, historical movements of classes opposing one another and then eventually leading into this nebulous, sort of faintly sketched idea about communism, Deleuze and Guattari are more focused on the micro level of things. They're more focused on drawing connections and opening up lines of flight and possibility that oppose the restrictive nature of the many institutions we are surrounded by, including psychoanalysis, including religion, including the family, the state, and so on. Monogamy, you know, these things we can, <laughs> there's no limit to the, the number of these oppressive institutions. Now, they suggest that by embracing the micro political, 
we can open up new lines of flight, new possibilities, new rhizomatic routes. And with this, we'll usher in a period of the dissolution of capital because it will no longer have these structures to lean on to keep itself afloat. So there's this kind of, and we can see how accelerationism, really emphasized in the work of Nick Land, we see how Deleuze and Guattari lend themselves to a kind of accelerationism, where they see a potential embedded within capitalism through its acceleration actually bring in something new. There are critiques of this, like they are giving us too much of a reason to believe in capitalism here, that it needs to be opposed in a much more direct uh, and strategic manner, not just by embracing individual drives and impulses, because that itself can lead down a reactionary line of hyper-individualism that we know what that leads to. But in any case, it will likely usher in something new, or maybe it'll be more of the same. I'd love to know what you think. Tell me whose side you're on. Tell me if there's anything I excluded that you think is important to really understand this dynamic or this difference between Deleuze, Guattari, and then Marx. I'd really love to know what all of you have to say. I released a shorter video on this on TikTok if you wanted to see that. And yeah, on that note, if you like what I did, like, share, subscribe, because if you haven't already, you should, and then you'll see a new video every time it comes up. Wouldn't that be great? Take care.